0: have baptisms. And we want to get to baptisms and uh, we're really excited about that. So let's go ahead and get right into the Word of God. I've been doing a series. I want to, I want to conclude the series today entitled Stand Your Ground. We are living right now in a culture filled with crisis. We are in spiritual conflict all around us in many different ways. Uh, not not only that, but we all are facing uh, the temptation to personally compromise in our walk. And we, uh, as, as in all times really, but it just feels like there are some times that are more intense than others, where we have to be a people that are going to stand our ground against all opposition and in the face of all odds. And so we've been... Looking at this idea, and the way that we've been doing it is looking at some of David's mighty men. And uh, we talked about, over the weeks, we talked about being like the mighty man. His name was Adino, and lifting up the spear of prayer. We talked about Eliezer and how he got a firm grip on the Word of God, which was the sword of the Spirit. We talked about uh, Shama a couple weeks ago, about get out of my pea patch. You know, we got to have an attitude about... You know, that you aren't getting my land, my ground, what belongs to me. This is my inheritance, and I'm not giving it up. And how many of you know that you got to have a little bit of attitude if you're going to walk with Jesus? Come on. you got to have some attitude against all the forces of evil that are coming against us. And, uh, but today, I want to talk about a man. This is, I'm going to conclude this today. His name is Benaiah. Everybody say Benaiah. And I want to talk about today this idea about how to kill a lion in a pit on a snowy day. And I've actually entitled this message, The Lion-Hearted Lion Slayer. And I got one verse of scripture that I want to read. It's 2 Samuel 23, verse 20. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada. The son of a valiant man from Kebzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion like heroes of Moab. He had gone down, also, he had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And so that's the word, that's who we're going to be looking at today. And I basically want to talk about if we're going to stand our ground, we've got to have courage. We need to be people of courage. Just a few moments ago, the Spirit of the Lord spoke and said, it's time to change. It's a season of change. We are called. Things are going to be different. Things are going to start looking different. If that's true, it's going to take courage. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So let's... let's." Let's look at this. Father, we welcome you now in these next few moments. Holy Spirit, please touch my heart, my lips, my mind, God, to be able to present your word and for all of us to receive it, to be changed and transformed by it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, amen. Amen. So when I read this verse of scripture about Benaiah, who had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab, and then... He had jumped into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. I couldn't help but think of that verse of scripture that's found in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 that says that the wicked flee when no one pursues but the righteous are bold as a lion. When you live in lion country, you got to get a lion mindset. You got to have a bold, courageous you know, unstoppable spirit about you, because these are desperate times, and it calls for desperate people. These are times that demand a heart of courage, and so it takes that kind of person. I don't know how many of you in this room have ever watched The Wizard of Oz. Anybody ever watched that? Remember remember that that lion who jumped out of the woods when Dorothy and them were walking down? And at first they were all scared and frightened until they realized that he was afraid of his own shadow. And Dorothy said to the lion, she says, you're nothing but a great big coward. And he starts crying. Tears are coming down his cheek. He's like, you're absolutely right. I am a coward. I have no courage at all. And uh, so they all went off to see the wizard, right? And to, to try to get what they were after and what they needed. Well, if you remember in the story, later as they meet the Wizard of Oz, the wizard said to the lion, you know what your problem is? He says, you are a victim of disorganized thinking. Let that sink in just for a moment. He says, where I come from, we have men, we call them heroes. And here's what these Heroes do. Once a year, they pull their fortitude out of mothballs and parade it down the main street. And you know what? They don't have any more courage than you have. You know what the Wizard of Oz was saying to the lion? He was saying, the issue isn't that you don't have courage. It's that you don't think you have courage. It's your thinking that's limiting you. You are a person, you are a victim of disorganized thinking. You think you can't do it. You think that you can't achieve it. You think that this is too big for you. Well, in a way, it is too big for you, but not with God. Amen. Come on, do I have some people that are with the Lord? And so, at the end, the wizard gives him a badge to put around him to say, You do have courage, but he really didn't need a badge. He needed what the tin man got. He needed a heart. He needed a heart of courage because actually the word courage comes from, the root word of courage comes from the Latin word core, which means heart. Courage is an inside job. It's right here. Come on now. I bet you didn't come to church thinking today, I'm going to hear about the Wizard of Oz. But God has a message that he wants to give us. This is why I love the story of Benaiah, because Benaiah had a heart of courage. He was a lion-hearted lion slayer. That's what he was. And how else will a man face two lion-like men of Moab And then actually take on a lion unless he possessed a heart of courage. He had to have that. And I want to say something. Courage, let me just say this, I, I, I need to dispel this right now. Courage is not the absence of fear. The very fact that you need courage probably indicates that there's some fear there. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is taking action in spite of it. And so that's what we're talking about today. And I believe in that message of the Spirit too. There was a call to not be afraid. Don't let fear control you. Don't let fear stop you. It's time for us to get some courage on the inside of us so that we can be the people of God that He has called us to be in these days that we live in. These are dark and disturbing times. But listen, we're not going to focus on the dark and disturbing times. We're going to focus on all the great things God is calling us to do. But it's going to take courage. we got to have courage, church. Amen. And so I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about getting, like the Lord said to Joshua, when they were going in to possess the land, he said, you've got to be strong and very courageous you're going to take the land, if you're going to achieve everything that I have for you, you're going to have to be strong and very courageous. Do we have anybody that wants to be strong and very courageous today? So let me just unpack this story a little bit and looking at Benaiah's life and how we can be courageous people. To be a courageous person, number one, we probably need to hang out with courageous people. If you hang out with a bunch of people that are afraid of their own shadow or afraid of all the evil that might befall them in case if they ever did decide to do something, if that's our if we hang out with people who don't have courage, how are we going to ever expect to be built up in our most holy faith and have courage? We need to find some people in our life that have courage, that'll take steps of faith, that, are th- that, that know that things are possible. Amen. Which means sometimes some of us need to stop hanging out with ourselves, all by ourselves. We need to find some people who believe God, who have courage. Benaiah was hanging out with Shamas, who said, get out of my pee patch. And Eliezer's who would get a firm grip on that sword and fight till his hand had to be pried from the handle of that sword. He was hanging out with these kinds of folks. It was bound to rub off on him. Amen. Not only was it those kind of guys, but look at this. 1st Chronicles chapter 12 verse 8 describing some of the people who joined David's army these are the kinds of guys that he was hanging out with he says it says there are some gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness mighty men of valor men trained for battle who could handle shield and spear whose faces were like the faces of lion and were swift as gazelles on the mountains I mean, these hanging out with guys who had the look of a lion, who had some boldness and some courage in them. And church, that's what we need to get around. That's why every one of us need to be bold in our, we need to have that boldness of faith and that courage of faith so that we can rub off on each other and believe and know that there is nothing that is impossible where God is concerned if we just have a little courage. Stop being like the lion on the Wizard of Oz, jumping out and pretending like we're really something when we're really afraid of ourselves. And at first sight of any resistance, we start crying and whimpering. Our voice turns quivery. No, we got to have boldness, and we need to be bolstered in that and that courage by hanging out with people of like mindedness. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12 says, The writer says, And we desire that each one of you, Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, we need to find, a lot of us are walking around with a sluggishness in our spirituality. I'm going to preach anyway. I'm not, I'm not getting a whole lot of amens. I don't need it. Well, I do need it. You know that I need it. I'm insecure. Some of us are just sluggish. You know, We're just dragging ourselves around. We need to get some bold faith. And you know, if you don't have it on the inside of you, here's what the writer said. Imitate the faith of it. Look at what they're doing and say, you know what, I don't feel it, but I'm just going to start doing what I see around me and get a little faith on the inside of us so that we're not just dragging ourselves around. Amen. Why? Why? Because listen, we need to be people of courage. Remember those four lepers that were on the outside? They were they they were, they were outcasts of the city. They couldn't even get on the inside of the city, and, and the city wouldn't let them in. And then there was these enemies on the other side, and they were going to invade. And so these lepers set out there, and they were, they were as good as dead, but they started talking among themselves and said, why are we going to sit here until we die? And then they started talking about well, if they're not gonna let us into the city, maybe we should go toward the enemy, and maybe by chance they'll help it, they'll they'll have mercy on us. And you know what those guys started doing? They started building up one another and encouraging one another. And see, that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to, we need to get people around us that will put courage, encourage us. Amen. Listen. I know I'm doing a lot of yelling, but look, if you want courage, you got to hang with people who got it, which means don't be by yourself, number one, but also watch out who you're listening to, and that includes the news. Amen! Number two, if you want to be a person of courage... You need to know, you got to get it in your spirit, that God is for you. He is for you. Do you know he wants you to conquer? Do you know that God, listen, I'm going to, Sherry, i got to skip a verse, but I'm going go to I'm gonna go over to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, where it says, What then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who can be against us? Watch this. This is, this is even better. He says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us, what? All things. There are so many victories that God wants us to get. There are so many things, mountains God wants us to climb. There are so many battles God wants us to get the victory over. He's for you. You are not in this thing all by yourself. He's right there with you. He is for you. Hallelujah. There's nothing that he, he, and you can have courage when you know that the God of glory is signing your checks, backing you, right there with you. Do you remember the the verse of scripture we read that said, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. And we know what's in a name. In the Bible, everything's in the name. Jehoiada, Benaiah, meaning God built. That's his name. His name means God built. His father's name was Jehoiada, which means God knows. Man, this guy's coming out of good stock. He's coming from God knows me, and God is building me. God knows me in the sense that he's watching over me, and God has built my life in the sense that God is working in my life. There isn't any place you go and no thing that you decide, no project you decide to take on for the glory of God, that you have to worry if whether or not God is behind you. He knows you. He knows right where you're at. He knows what's important to you. He knows what he wants to do in your life. And he's building your life. He's working on your life. And he's working in your life so that he can work through your life. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter and thereby to every one of us, he said to him, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Please don't sweep across that verse of scripture and think that he's talking about numerical value of growing churches. He's saying, I'm going to build my church. Who is the church? You are the church. I am the church. We make up the church. But don't get it backwards. You are the church. You are the temple of the Most High God. And he said, I'm going to be building my church. And the gates of hell are not going to be able to stop the work of building that I'm doing in my people. He said, in fact, it will look like this. It will look like I give you keys where you have access and nothing can keep you out. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Come on. God is for you. Jesus already said, I'm for you guys. I am for you taking, I want you to jump in the pit with the lion on a snowy day. I want you in lion country not to be afraid. Listen, we are in lion country. I don't know if you know it. But spiritually, we are smack in the middle of lion country. Well, the only way we're going to make it is to get lion-like. Boldness and courage. How do you do that? Find some people that got it. If you ain't got it, find them, find them that do. And start imitating that. But also know this. God is for you. He is for you. There is nothing that you're going to set yourself out to do that God isn't there for you. Third, the third thing that we want to talk about. You've got to be willing to take a risk. If you're going to be a courageous person, You've got to take a risk. Amen. Beniah took a risk when he faced those two lion-like Moabites by himself. He took a risk when he jumped in a pit with the lion on a snowy day. Living the Christian life is risky business. It is. We want to kind of dumb it down. We want to make it all about just showing up to church, just reading our Bible with our latte in the morning. That's what we want. That's the kind of Christianity we like. But real, true Christianity is risky business. Jesus said, they hated me. They're going to hate you. All hell is going to come against you. That's why Peter said, be be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, prowls around, seeking whom he may devour. Tell you something, it's risky to serve the Lord, to give your life over to him. It isn't always safe, and it certainly isn't always easy. Amen. Amen. We need to know this. And if we're going to do things for the kingdom of God, we need to be willing to take a risk. You know, when Jesus gave that promise, remember this. Remember when he said to the disciples, he said, I've given to you all power and all authority, and scorpions and serpents shall in, by no means hurt you. Now, isn't that a great promise? How many of you like that promise? I mean, I don't want to meet a scorpion or a serpent. But, but he's talking about the spiritual realm and the demonic. He's saying, scorpions and serpents shall not by any means, harm you. but here's That's a great promise, but here's another thing he's saying. When you come to me, I'm promising you dom- dominance and dominion over the darkness. But I'm also telling you, you're going to have problems. There's going to be scorpions, and there's going to be serpents. There's going to be darkness, and there's going to be stronghold. Now the promise is, I give you power. Woo, come on. The problem is, they're there. Listen, anytime you set yourself out to do the will of God and to be courageous and to go after a thing for the kingdom of God, you can expect major problems. Just go ahead and just say, I'm signing up for problems too. Because you are. Amen. Amen. So how, do, how can we be the kind of people that are willing to take risk? Well, I talked about this a little bit, but let me, let me dwell on this for just a moment. If you're going to be a risk taker, you've got to be okay with admitting and acknowledging that you do have fears, that there can be fear there. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's taking action in spite of it. David said in Psalms 56, verse 3, whenever, watch this, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Now that's David who made these great no fear statements. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But over here he's saying, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. He says in other Psalms, I will not fear 10,000s of them. A whole army of 10,000 can come against me. I'll not be afraid. And then over here in 56.3, uh, he says, whenever I am afraid. You have fears. I read somewhere where somebody said that courage is, uh, comes when you've said your prayers when you're afraid and you go to God and you turn to God and you put your trust. Many times we are doing things for the kingdom of God and it causes fear. But here's the, here's the clincher. We can't embrace the fear and let it control us. Even Paul the Apostle said to the Corinthian church, he said, when I stood in your presence, he said, I stood there in fear and trembling. But he stood there. He preached it. He did it. He went there. But he did it with fear and trembling. So here's what we do, folks. We got to, we have the key to admitting our fear, acknowledging the fear, is to, is to look to God as our source. Trust Him. Go into it with fear and trembling. But go into it. Be willing to take the risk. I'm afraid. Therefore, I don't think I can do it. No. Just like the wizard said to the lion, your problem is disorganized thinking. It's not that you don't have the ability to do it. You can. Just can't dwell on the fear of it. Amen. So admit your fear and then just take a step of faith. Everybody say step of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 33 says, that there were men and women who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, watch, and they stopped the mouths of lions. How do you stop the lion? You take a step of faith. You got to take a step of faith, amen. That's how you stop the lion, that's how you stop up the mouth of the lion. It takes people, says, who through faith subdued, did all this, and stop the mouth of the You can't sit back, not go anywhere, and think you're going to get the victory. Amen. Is this doing anything for anybody today? The fun part of baptism is coming. We need to be a courageous person. How do we do it? We hang out with people who are courageous. You've got to know that God is for you. And then you've got to be willing to take a risk. But here's the last thing out of this passage that I want us to see. If we're going to be a courageous person, at some point you've just got to jump into the pit. Now in my mind's eye, I don't know what this lion was doing in a pit where Benaiah was. In my thinking, it was probably a man eating lion that was terrorizing a village of people. I'm guessing. And they dug a pit. Pit means cistern, or it could also be translated uh, a prison. Sometimes they would have pits in the ground and they would throw prisoners in there. And so this lion is down in the pit. And I'm thinking Benaiah, maybe a couple of other of David's mighty men, or. I don't know, at the mouth of this pit, I'm guessing. And they got their swords, their clubs, their, you know, spears. And they're thinking to themselves, okay, we got it. We could probably cast down a spear, you know, kill it from up here. And they're just standing there looking down at this pit, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of their eye, crazy Beniah jumps in. I mean... What possesses a person to jump in a pit with a living lion? It's got to be a nut. It's got to be somebody completely out of their mind. He jumps in. He doesn't try to kill it from the periphery. He goes into it. The Bible said in the midst of the pit. He got in the midst of it. He got right down in there where the enemy was. And I don't know how else to say this. There are just some things that can't be done from out up above. Sometimes if you're going to get down and dirty and take care of business, somebody's got to jump into the pit. They just do. Maybe not everybody will jump into that pit, but maybe you're supposed to jump into that pit. And I want to call it a pit. There are pits that are that are devised of Satan for your destruction. There are those kinds of pits that he digs so that we will come up on it, fall into the trap, we get ensnared and he wants because he's out to destroy our lives. There are those kinds of pits. That's the kind you want to avoid. You don't want to be jumping into that pit. Don't get me wrong. There are other kinds of pits that are by divine design, Joseph. It was God's process to develop his faith and to bring him right where he wanted him to be. You don't like the pit, but sometimes there's a pit of design for our development, not for our destruction. But then there are other kinds of pits. I call them pits of destiny. Like, you don't have to jump into that pit But that pit, if you jump in and you take on the enemy and you you position yourself, you see the issue, you see the problem, you say, you know what? I'm going after it. That'll set you up for what God has in store for you. But a lot of people don't jump into the pit. But sometimes you gotta jump in. You just do. If it's going to get done, I think of Mother Teresa in the worst place in Calcutta. She just jumped into that pit. And with love and patience and long-suffering and faithful servants for decades, she stopped the mouth of lions. Come on. Somebody's got to jump into the pit. Amen. Now, when I was in Bible college and I went through sermon preparation, they said, don't ever give a sermon point in the negative. Always make it positive. But I have for you four negative things you don't want to do so that you can jump into the pit. Amen. I'm going again. I hope my professor doesn't see this. Four don'ts for jumping into the pit. If you're going to jump into the pit, number one, don't overthink it. The wizard said, you're a victim of disorganized thinking. That's what he said to the lion. Your problem is, Is that you don't? It's not that you don't have courage, it's that you thought yourself out of the courage you have. And if we sit around and overthink this, we're going to discourage ourselves. It's true. A lot of our thinking is disorganized thinking, it's fear based. And here's what we do we replay the negative tapes from our history that keep us. In a cowardly state. We go back over the things that we experienced and the things that didn't work and we replay all of that to where we we think our way right out of going after it. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? We need to get the mind of Christ on the inside of us who let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who jumped into the pit of this world. Right? He jumped in, and he took it. And that's what we need. So, don't overthink it. If you're going to jump in, don't think too long on it. Don't overthink it. Here's another one. Don't wait until you're ready. Stop! I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 22 verse 13. The lazy man says, There's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. You know what I think sometimes we cloak our laziness with, I'm just not ready yet. We see the danger and we feel ill-equipped for it. Guess what? You are ill-equipped. If God isn't there, you're a goner. <laughs> but God is for you. God is for you. We've already established that. But I didn't jump in the pit because he thought he had it all together and he was ready for this, he jumped in the pit because God had been there for him. And he knew that God knew him. And he knew that God had built him. And so he jumped in that pit. Wasn't going to overthink it. Like, I'm ready. I'll jump in. Here's another thing. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Remember, it was a snowy day in a pit with a lion. I don't know about you, but those don't sound like perfect conditions to me. I'm not going to do it until everything is all lined up. Well, that's not the way it works. Do you know he fought the worst possible foe in the worst possible place under the worst possible conditions? It wasn't looking that great. If you sit around and wait for perfect conditions, you're going to be waiting a long time. And this is why some of us are not doing what God's called us to do. But also, don't forget, church, don't forget God's promise. God's promise is this. I don't know if Psalms 91 was written by the time Beniah did this, but here's the promise of God. Psalms 91 verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. That's God's promise. You're jumping. You're going in. You're going to go after it. You got, you're going to bolster the courage of the Lord to do what God's called you to do. Here's what you need to know. The lion is going to be under your feet. Hallelujah. God is going. It's not, not, not to say that it isn't going to be difficult, not to say that there isn't going to be pain in the process, but God's promise is if you'll go after it, if you'll be, go with me, the lion will be under your feet. I mean, listen, it, it, it either means what it says or none of this means anything at all. I mean, I have to make up my mind about that. Either God means what he says, or none of the Bible matters, and we don't even need to be here today. Amen. you want some courage? Do you need some courage? Is there something God has given you to do? Is there a call of God upon your life? Is there something, a dream in your spirit that God has put in you He's like, I want you to go after it. I want you, I want you to get there. But you've got to have courage. You can't walk around thinking you don't have it. It's there. you just got to go after it. Amen. Just do it. Right? Just do it. Father, I pray today that the courage, the courage, God, would rise up in our spirit, that we would be, like you said to Joshua, very strong, and very courageous. God, we are living in days where we need to stand our ground, and standing our ground isn't just holding ground. It also means taking ground, having the courage to go after the things that we need to go after. And I pray, Lord, that the, whatever you put in our spirit, whatever you put in our heart, I pray, God, that we would just, something would rise on the inside of us to do this thing by your grace, by your glory. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.